welcome to the World Cup Report Alicante, podcast covering the Blood Bowl World Cup held in Alicante, Spain in September 2023, with your hosts, Drew and Steve. Welcome to episode two of World Cup Report Alicante. I'm Steve, with me is Drew, and I guess you can call me Kilowagi, you can call Drew the smoothest, silkiest ginger. I wouldn't. Because it gives him a big head, but either way, true. Why? Thank you, Steve. I appreciate when people notice the ginger and not the gray anymore in my beard and yeah, my no, hair. Yeah, no doubt. Like, I don't have enough hair on top to really notice, but like the beard is—if I let it go, anything past <laughs> regular beard size is just gray. It yeah, gets my really sister weird. just turned forty-five. That makes me forty-six, and I am, yeah. Yeah, this gray is not good, man. I my, need to get some just for men or something. My brother just turned 50, and I Oof. did not give him any crap about it, because I will turn that in four years, and I don't want any crap when I do it. Yep, you gotta you gotta be kind to your elders, otherwise they're gonna not be <laughs> kind to you. Well, uh, <laughs> speaking of elders, has nothing to do with the segue. Anyways, uh, for this episode, we actually are speaking to one of the organizers of the new World Cup. Two episodes in, and we have exciting content. I know. This is pretty great. Uh, honestly, it sounds like the, the new organizers for the World Cup. I mean, nothing against Tor, uh, Torsten. He was also very happy to be on the show all the time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, these guys are very, very enthusiastic, and they want to get the world out early and often to try and get as many folks in as possible. And uh, we have already recorded that segment, so we're just going to do that, and that'll be the end of the show. Spoiler warning. However, just to let you know, he does mention that, you know, he's trying to get the North American audience quite a lot through this podcast. I know there's a lot of international people that listen to this podcast, too, but that's why I tried to throw in a couple of, you know, things for the international audience but just keep that in mind. Okay, and with us, we do have Juanma Sidar, uh, Olvedar, excuse me, if I'm mispronouncing it because I'm English or American and can't pronounce things well, uh, with the World Cup Committee joining us. Uh, welcome, sir. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the effort of organizing this chat. And uh, thank you for helping us reaching the North American and Canadian community, because we think it's a very important part of uh, the blue ball community globally. And we would love to have them around in the World Cup with us. Very excited to visit Alicante in that area of the country. Yeah. Okay, uh, Alicante is eager to receive uh, the World Cup. We have been working with the public administration, with private support, and uh, everyone is, is, is so happy about it, and we would love to have uh, as many people from different countries as possible. So we hope we can get uh, some Americans here too. Oh, for sure. I've already booked my Airbnb. So hmm. it's already it's already on the books for me anyway for yeah. that and for flights, that week in September. Uh, flights haven't opened up just yet, but once they do, we'll certainly be looking for them and getting it booked because come hell or high water, I plan to be there one way or another. So, uh, how did you approach the the city initially to to get their report? I I read your 
your proposal and it was a very nice letter from the city of Alicante, you know, welcoming the community there. What was that conversation like or what was that process like? Well, we we did it start just uh, with an idea, with a project. Uh, mm. My wife wanted uh, to organize a tournament because I've been running a tournament here in Spain for 15 years. And she said uh, she wanted to organize her own tourney. And uh, I told her that was so hard, so difficult. <laughs> we all know how how dangerous or hazardous could be would be to organize a tournament. So I told her to think about it carefully. She decided to organize a tournament, uh, but she wanted a big one. So she wanted to organize a national tournament here in Spain. And in that moment, uh, there were no enough national tournaments here yet. So she said, what's bigger than a national tournament? And I told her the World Cup. And she said, I want to organize the World Cup. And I told her, that's a, that's a nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to recruit uh, to join some friends. And I thought, well, my friends are going to dismiss her and then say, tell her she's crazy. But my friends said, yeah, yes, yeah, the World Cup. So they got involved into it. And I, have, I had to, to join their project. And we are here. We have... A nice bid. We have uh, won the right to organize it, and we are so excited about it. And I think uh, we are going to have the biggest World Cup in in history. About telling about numbers, we were we've been talking with the town hall and also with the provincial government, mm. and both both involved too and. Uh, we have been working with them to offer you and everyone that comes here the best World Cup we can. Now, certainly, it's very audacious or stupid. I'm not sure if it's brave or stupid. Oh, no. One of the two. It's brave. To take on this is brave. the World Cup as your first tournament. And But the good thing is, it sounds like she has a great crew put together that really trusts her. So I have no doubt this is going to be a great event. Well, to be sincere, uh, she didn't. Uh, she she joined some friends that have uh, some experience organizing tournaments. Yeah, our team gathers about uh, 40, 50 tournaments as a, as a group. I've been organizing tournaments for 15 years. Other people have been organizing for six or nine years. So it was her first tournament her first tourney, but she was wise enough to find the right people to help her. Absolutely. That's what all, all get, the main thing that matters. Yeah, you have to be able to identify people who can help, who are good team players to help generate a, or be, have a successful event like this one. So this is her first tournament, but it sounded like you are actually, you've run tournaments, you said, for 15 years now. Have you been yeah. playing Blood Bowl for 15 years, or have you been playing for a long time? I've been playing since uh, 1989. That's oh, the wow. moment. That's the moment Blood Bowl got into Spain as as, as we were getting Games Workshop uh, material slowly. But uh, we started it, and then we had a we have a, we had a time with no support from Games Workshop, and finally we found 
there were a blue belt community and we got into the game again about 2007 yeah that's right uh, so we've been for about 15 years since we got into the game again okay so right around first edition second edition and then after gw sort of abandoned for a bit then came yeah, back but, to it very exciting First edition didn't go, didn't go to, to Spain. We started in second edition with a mythical uh, lead elves and Charles All Stars and so on, and the mythical Astro Granite pitch. Yes. That's what that was the first blue ball that got into Spain uh, for most of us. Maybe in bigger in bigger cities they got first edition, but not that a lot. So that's the moment we did got into it. Uh, we had uh, those wonderful selves and goblins and so on, and that, that was so so new and so exciting for us. That's definitely amazing. Uh, it, from what I've seen on the online community, Spain has always been a very big community when it comes to tournaments and playing Blood Bowl. And I know a lot of people came to the last World Cup and all the other ones prior. When you were putting this together, when she was uh, the group... What was the decision behind Alicante versus maybe Madrid or Seville or something like that? Mm, well, we, we first uh, decided to choose Alicante because it has a, it's a, it's a big city, but not as expensive as Madrid or, or Valencia or Barcelona. And it has a very good uh, airport to Europeans. I know they, it's not the same for you. But it has a very good uh, communication, it has a beach, it has climate, and it's a very exciting place to visit. It's mainly dedicated to tourism, so you are going to find a lot of activities to do before or during or after the World Cup. We recommend people to travel here for some extra days so they can enjoy the place, they can visit a nature in case they want or culture or beats or whatever they want and know a bit more about uh, the place and the people that lives here and enjoy it as part of a whole vacation package uh, i don't know if my english is good enough no for no, this. no 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 it's great but, but uh, we do not offer just the world cup experience we think people could be travel could travel here and enjoy it as part of a holiday. Okay, mm. so that's where, why our bid uh, offers so many different activities uh, to do in Alicante and the Costa Blanca zone, both by day and by night. Uh, we have uh, aquariums, we have uh, zoos, we have beaches, we have you can sail to a, to a nearby nearby island you can do scuba diving you can do so many things here apart the world cup so consider it a, a whole vacation holiday package and as part of your, of your travel you can play the world cup i've already started to look for deep sea fishing or mediterranean fishing opportunities out there so i'm very very excited to have a uh a, uh, the opportunity to take a nice holiday uh, around playing Blood Bowl and then maybe get some fishing in as well. Yeah, you can you can do it. You can do so many things here, both by day and both by night. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do. 
the only problem for, for North Americans and, and Canadian people and so on is flying to Alicante. You have to fly to Madrid and then uh, you can take a, an extra flight to Alicante or, or take the high speed train that it's a couple of hours and you'd be in the World Cup. I've actually looked, I plan on going into London, spending some time there, and then flying from London to Alicante. So yeah, that airport's amazing. They have flights from everywhere. And the great thing is, yep. like, our listeners, not just North American, we have some South American, and we have a lot of European, even some Australians. You know, anyone traveling, like like you said, Alicante is a great airport. They are built for tourism. So there are cheap and plentiful flights all the time getting to Alicante. So that's a great location in my mind. Yeah, it's a very touristic place. And uh, maybe it's more uh, oriented, more considering European tourism mm -hmm. than an American one. But in case you want to visit another place, you just fly to yep. Paris, fly to London, fly to anywhere, and you'll have a flight to Alicante to play the World Cup. It's a more, it's easier this way, in fact, and you can do it as a whole holiday package. Yeah. So, could you tell us a little bit about the the hall that we're playing in? Looking at the bid, it looks like it's a just a giant venue. Is it? It looks like they do auto shows there and just all sorts of events. Um, how far is that close to downtown, or how far out of downtown is it? And sort of, what are you guys planning on from a helping to get people there? Uh, okay, we have uh, considered that most people will sleep or find their the lodging, their accommodation, on the city, and the venue or the venue it's uh, eight kilometers from Alicante. So we are going to offer a, a bus shuffle. So for free, of course, that mm -hmm. you can use to go to the World Cup and uh, then will be a, a bus shuffle to get back to the city in time for dinner for about uh, 8, 8.30 at night. So you have time to get to your hotel or your, or your apartment or lodging, get a shower, relax a bit, gather some friends, go out as Alicante has a great nightlife, find the, the right place you like to have dinner and enjoy the day, chat with your friends, uh, talk about uh, the experience, your games, what you have done through the day, and then, then have some drinks, enjoy being in a rather fresh place at night, mm -hmm. because we know uh, Alicante can be a bit hot for, for some of you, <laughs> As we are used to, to a rather hot climate and you are used to a fresher one. But night is so fresh and so relaxing. So you can go out, have some drinks. There's a lot of English pubs too mm -hmm. and uh, so on. So in case you're worried about idioms, uh, there's about uh, 69,000 English people living in Alicante. So wow. there's a lot of English uh, speaking Places you can go in case you are worried about idiom, um, or you can go to any other place. As most uh, pubs and most restaurants are are bilingual, it's a very a touristic place, and people uh, speaks English or German or French everywhere. There's no idiomatic problem uh, when you live here. 
So it's very universal, very from a language perspective, you don't think that there's going to be a large language barrier to deal with it. The, the folks in town, the people in town will be able to help communicate. Yeah. Uh, even, you know. in case, even in case you want to, to go to a, a North American oriented place, there are pubs with your TV programs and your food and your the usual things you find in your place. Yeah. So you can get home in case you don't want to try something new. Yeah, I or we get homesick. I strongly recommend to try something new, to try our food, our gastronomy, or it's quite different from yours, and it's going to be quite exciting for you to try it. Yeah, I do not plan to go to TGI Fridays when I go to Spain. I'm trying <laughs> to get some Iberica ham, and that's my chief thing on my list. I would, I would love to try some paella, just authentic, yeah. real. Yeah. You, you are going to have paella as part of the food we offer in the World Cup. Saw that. Looked oh. awesome. Oh, uh, I'm yeah, excited yeah. now. Our idea, our idea is to offer uh, three different lunches through the three, three days and offer you three typical Spanish food uh, so you can taste it. Also, we, ha we will have uh, several food trucks in case you are interested in trying something new both uh, from local food and from international food. So you can find Asian food or Mexican food, but the the main dishes we offer are going to be paella, Spanish omelette, and a Spanish ham sandwich. So you can sample a bit of Spain in your food. I, you, you, you had me at uh, paella, and I'm just very excited about the food. We talk about the food a lot on our podcast. <laughs> so. Yes, we do. <laughs> so, can I ask a question, sort of in general, about uh, the new rule set coming into play? And you know, COVID nineteen, everybody's still recovering a little bit from that. Do you are you guys worried about trying to come up with uh, a, a fair rule set with the COVID nineteen coming around and the new rule set? Not a lot of people having a lot of tournaments with that, or, or what are your thoughts on the rules? Okay, the rule set is going to be developed soon, but we are going to test it here in Spanish tournaments uh, for about a couple of months, maybe three. So we know there's no no team that is favored about others. Uh, and once we have uh, this the full security that there's no uh, favorite team, uh, we will publish it. Uh, we know there's a lot of uh, questions now about star players, about the new Norse roster, but we are not going to, to publish it until we are sure there's no favorite team. So we don't find uh, there's are every, every squad gathers a, a human team because the human team is favored or dwarves or high elves or whatever. And we have to work the, the rule set and also follow enough uh, enough uh, guidelines in case uh, they they do not approve something we have to ban it and in case they approve something something we have to accept it and we are going to go through a fact this month I think from games workshop and we expect to have at least another fact before 2023 so we have to consider what the facts uh, include and the changes we they can they can make, but the rule set is going to be uh, ready for the moment we open the registration for the tourney, 
And you know, right now we are working on the on the web, so that you'll have the chance to register soon. And once uh, you have the chance to register, you'll have the chance to check the rule set, and uh, we will make it open to everyone to try in their tourneys and uh, try some teams in case they want to try who's going what what team is going to be uh, the best for them. And, and that's what we are doing right now. The, okay. Following a bit the Euroball rule set, but trying to um, polish it and make it uh, less open to suppliers and so on. So that's the main rule set, but it's still going to be six member squad and nine games. That yeah, that isn't that's, going that's to change the, at all. The usual, the usual. That's the tradition in the World Cup. Okay. There's going to be a three days tourney with three days, three games each day. So that's a total of nine games. And people will gather in squads, six member squads, with the possible the chance to, to join an extra player as a reserve. We think uh, people should try not to have a reserve, but to play the, six, the nine games and enjoy the full experience. But uh, we know there are people that has not a team and has to be a reserve in a squad. In case you don't have a five friends to, to form a squad, that's not a problem. You can uh, register yourself and be gathered in a player's pool so non-complete squads can find extra players to complete their squad. So okay. everyone is going to play in a six-member squad. So when you said you're having... Allowing people to do reserves. That was what was allowed last time we did the World Cup. And there were issues with that when it came to the programming, was my understanding of what kind of tripped things up between the first and second round. And again, I could be mistaken. So have you talked to the previous organizers about how to make sure that that doesn't occur again? We have uh, been in contact with previous organizers. We have been talking with uh, with uh, Andrea Parrella, that was uh, the Luca organizer, the main organizer, mm -hmm. uh, and also to Torsten, that uh, was the organizer of the Dorbin World Cup in in Austria, and they have been so kind to offer us not only their their advice but also as many information as they could about the things they did right and the, th the things they. They didn't plan for, so we can skip as many problems as possible. We know it's going to be a very big um, event, and uh, there can be unexpected problems, but we have a great team, we have uh, help, we have been advised by previous organizers, and we are going to do our best to rule a smooth and um, tor a smooth tourney uh, with no problems if possible. Sounds great. And I saw that you guys had onboarded a uh, app developer, um, which I'm very excited about, excited to see the technology. How is that coming along? How are things progressing with your, your app that you guys are building? We are not going to build an app. We are going to go to build a web. Oh, so web. The, the turn is going to be run through a web. That helps us a lot because we don't have to develop an app for iPhone users and an extra app for non-iPhone users. But uh, he's a, a freelance 
programmer. He's going, he's working on it, and we are have some uh, high, uh, say high informatic people in our team too to help him and to offer him as many advice as possible. And he will be there in the World Cup. So in case there's a, an app problem or a web problem, he's going, he's going to be able to solve it on the run. And we are not going to disappear and go to solve it. We are going to be there uh, helping players and trying to to find uh, things to do as he works. So people is not going to be left alone in the hall with nothing to do. Okay, awesome. I'm, I'm like, I like the fact that he'll be on site, able to on, do some on-the-fly uh, adjustments as needed. So that's that's good to hear. That, that's, that's taking lessons learned. So awesome planning yeah. on that. Yeah, and we also are going to organize uh, some extra activities uh, through the World Cup, not only between games, but also during games. Why? Because we uh, encourage people to visit us. Uh, so in case you travel here with your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your friends, your, your wife, your family, and you plan to enjoy a bit and stand here some days with relatives or whatever, uh, they can go to the World Cup by bus and enter it for free. So they can visit the World Cup, uh, check the stores, uh, have some activities to do, and uh, have dinner or, or lunch with with one that is playing, and enjoy the full experience uh, for a while. And once they are bothered, they can take another extra bus and go to the city again. So you can visit the World Cup even if you are not playing it. Uh, of course, that's free. And you'll have something to do. Don't worry. You'll have something to do. <laughs> you come here. You're not going to just come and say, hey, darling, are you losing again? Yes, this is my third game and I'm losing game. They can do things both for adults and for kids. So if you, if you travel to Alicante with your family, your kids will have the chance to play, to have uh, different uh, games, activities, uh, and some are real special ones. We are going to try to have a medieval justing in the in the hall, but as that's going to be between games, so players can enjoy it too. And they are going to have something to do. So if they are tired of visiting the city, just grab a bus and get to the World Cup and and enjoy okay. it with us. They will have events and things like that uh, they can take a look at. Um, I do have a I wanna, question yeah, on that see. though, um, and just to play devil's advocate as it would be um these people that are coming in will they be allowed to visit at the game tables because i know previously that there were issues with at the last <laughs> event um people yeah. coming in and chatting with people and distracting them and then not finishing games no, or no, something no, like no, that no. okay that's, that's not that's not the idea. I mean, uh, there's not going to be people running through the tables right. as you get us to play and going to be seated his his husband that is 25 tables away and moving everyone or coming and say, oh, I would block with that guy. No, no, no. The, between games, you can stay with your family in case you want or with friends or whatever and enjoy it and have a walk and enjoy activities. But during games, uh, the playing zone is closed to players. Sounds great. And speaking of going for walks between matches and things, 
from a vendor perspective, it looked like on the map of the uh, the center there, there was going to be like a, a, a an area dedicated to vendors. It looked like you there was somewhere between 30, 20 to 40, somewhere in there that may have been have signed up so far. Or have you are you still taking new vendors in uh, to the mix or talk a little bit about the shopping for Blood Bowl products there? Okay, the vending zone is uh, designed to be there on the horn, not in a different zone, so people have to go to visit it. So it's it's a plan to be, uh, well, I'm, I'm seeing the, the map now, the plan, planning, but uh, the, the game zone is going to be next to the tables. So in case you finish your game and you have seen a wonderful team or a wonderful miniature or a wonderful dice set that you want to buy, you just have to stand up and walk there and buy it. And uh, that can be visited both from gaming zone and from the zone we have decided designed for extra activities. It, it's everything on the same hall besides the food truck zone that has to be outside because mm-hmm. there are... There are they are cooking and there are some smell problems and so on, so they are out. But all the work up is on the hall. So, so it almost sounds like you really want to have like this giant, almost immersive type of experience here. Instead of having to travel to one area to another area, you sort of want to be able to flow between your game to the activity area to the, the vendors. You want to be able to sort of flow naturally between those. Yeah, that's it. And it's, it's a 400 square meters big hall with mm-hmm. a, some uh, gaming zone. We have an extra zone for resting and and hosting activities and so on. There's a zone for substance and vendors and so on. There's a coffee shop and there's a zone for for several activities, both uh, just going to be a, a, a painting ex- exposition, exposition, as uh, there are going to be a painting prices. There's a, a coffee shop, and you all only have to go through a door to get to the to the food trucks or to the food food court where you can get extra food, extra extra drinks, and so on. So everything is is together and grouped. All you have to do is stay there and go from one place to another, but it's everything open. There are going to be several informative screens through the mm-hmm. hall. So you don't have to go anywhere to check your information. You just have to look for uh, the, the screen that is going to be about five meters high, and you can see the information. And we can also check it on your phone or through all the web. Awesome. Um, I did have one other question, um, and this is something something uh, that was experienced last World Cup. Um, what uh, obviously you have, the best way I can ask this is if someone has had perhaps too much wine or too much uh, yeah. of their favorite beverage. Is there a, a a plan? Is there? Do you guys have that on your radar? To we we know we we know it may happen because it happens in the Spanish tournaments. The Spanish players are known to be loud, to be noisy, and to be great drinkers. So and flash a, their opponents. Usually, there's <laughs> a, there's people that get a bit sick and can't play anymore. Uh, we have planned our reserve uh, team from our staff members. 
um, for about uh, 15, 16 people, but we are going to gather more that are ready to play in case a player can attend his game. So if you are going to, to your table and you find your opponent is not not, not coming because he, he's sick or he had some any kind of problem, uh, you have you just have to to inform us, and then and a soil player from organization will go and play. Uh, we know it's quite disappointing to get to a tourney and find you can't play because your opponent is not coming, and uh, we can imagine how disappointing it would be in the World Cup. So you've traveled from the other side of the world, and you find you have two hours ahead with nothing to do. Uh, that's not uh, nice at all. So in case your opponent cannot play, we will provide you with an extra player to play with. Okay. Um, along those same lines, um, what is there something that we can do in the middle of a match if someone has had too much to drink? For instance, last year, or last time, I was playing a match and my opponent was obviously drinking or had drunk, and he ended up flashing me, and I kind of was just kind of shocked about it and just went along. But luckily he was not mean or belligerent. He was just kind of goofy, and then he got upset because I beat him. But if there is someone who is, you know, intoxicated and drank too much, and they are being a handful that, you know, maybe you don't feel safe or you don't want to be playing... Is there something that we can do at that time? We just get a ref and have them come over. Uh, okay, in, in once you are playing, the main authority in the whole are there is the referee team. Okay, uh, we are we are there to help and to to support them, but the main authority is the referee team. So I would recommend you to call a ref and explain your problem. We are going to get uh, some different idioms in our ref team. So you can find a German ref or an Italian ref in case you need and talk to him about the problem. And in case the player is too intoxicated to, to play, uh, I guess they would talk to him or the, his team captain. And in case there's the need to provide an extra player to substitute him, we are ready to do it. But uh, once the games are running, the main authority are the ref team. And uh, we are there in case they need a substitute or any help. But uh, they, is, they are the ones that will that will decide about this situation, I think. Sounds good, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that, that makes 100%. If the ref says it, the ref is going to be the person in charge, especially for any rules type of questions, and if there's some sort of behavioral issue, they need to be the ones to address that. Okay. Um, my last question is, is I know that um, there's been some talk about the date for the World Cup, but could you confirm uh, the actual dates of the event? Yeah. We know there's a lot of people uh, here in Spain and in Europe, and I suppose it's similar there, that says that that, that says that the dates are not uh, good for them because it's the start of the scholar year. Dates are 7, 8, 9, and 10, September 2023. Uh, on 7th, uh, that is Thursday, we will do the opening. 
next to the sea in the in the port of Alicante. And uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday we will have the games in the in the IFA in the Instituto Ferial in the venue. Uh, that's closed and that's not going to change. So seven, eight, nine, and ten September. We want to to note that we are not once choosing the dates uh, totally. First, NAF told us that the World Cup has to be celebrated on September. Why is that? I don't know, but I suppose they were uh, checking how COVID was going. They uh, consider that uh, this is going to prove several years, and we have uh, had a COVID through Europe, as you have too. So they decided September was the best month for COVID incidents. Now we are going to be nearly COVID-free, but with the moment they decided it, COVID was strong everywhere. So in case you are wondering why September, because NAF asked us to celebrate it on September. And we just followed the rules we were given. So that's closed. It's 7, 8, 9, and 10 of September 2023. Uh, we know it's far, but we recommend people to start booking their accommodations because it's a touristic place, it's a tourist, touristic city, and it's going to be hard to find a, a lodging uh, once the World Cup is near. So as um, once you are sure you want to go, you want to come, you have the three days, uh, check for accommodation. Form a team, check for accommodation, and you'll register once we open it, but you have your, your sleeping place uh, closed because it's going to be hard to find it once the World Cup is near. That's a good idea. Get, as soon as you know, get, get in line, or don't even get in line, get your, book, your reservations booked. Um, so can I ask a, 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 a silly sort of question to you? If that, is that okay? Sure. Um, so I was thinking about renting a car. Um, mm -hmm. How... I've, but I've never driven in Spain before. I don't, you know, I don't have a point of reference. Is driving around in Alicante is it difficult? Is it easy to get around? Or would you recommend doing more of the bus, Uber, you know, uh, taking a taxi, things like that? Mm, uh, Alicante is easy to drive, but hard to park. Mm. So hard to find parking. You, uh, that's right. So in case you you are going to rent a car. We are going to have uh, some offers about uh, car renting in our web once we launch it, as we will have uh, accommodation offers too. And you are going to be find uh, it's an easy place to drive and that uh, you can travel around and visit other places in Costa Blanca in case you have time, because uh, there are a lot of uh, nice beaches around and nice places like Benidorm or and similar, very touristic, but it's going to find you're going to find that parking in Spain in Alicante is hard. It's difficult to find a place where you can park for free. You can use a parking, a public parking, or parking uh, blue zones that uh, you have to pay a little tax for parking there. So I would recommend that if you are not going to move from Alicante, as it is a, a very not small but everything is near. You can go walking or find a taxi and, and move around the city so you don't need it on the city in case you are going to go out 
and visit different places, uh, you could rent a, uh, rent a car, but uh, you have to be patient about parking. That's the only problem. Okay. Well, thank you for that. I was that was bit, that was I was bothering me for a while. So thank you for answering that question. Well, I know speaking for Drew and myself um, and everyone on our team that we've spoken to, we're super excited. We obviously can't wait to see the rules, see the website, see everything. We know there's no hard date as soon as there is, but would love to know them. If you can just shoot us a message, I'm sure we'll see it online. Uh, other than that, anything else you want to bring up before we let you go? I mean, we'd love to have you back again later on as well or anyone else from the committee. Um, but if there's something you'd like to address now, now's your time. Uh, okay. Uh, as a last, last words. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Uh, I know it's a difficult travel for Americans because they have to come to Madrid and then go to Alicante and so on. But I would say it's going to be so big. It's going to be about 205,000 players or more. So it's going to be the biggest blood ball event in history. We are going to have uh, everyone from everywhere, uh, from Europe, from Japan, from Colombia. There's people coming from South America, from South Africa. So in case you have the free days to come and you have the, the economic effort you have to do to travel here, uh, just come and enjoy it because it's going to be super exciting. We're going to give you the best experience possible. And we know it's going to be hard to repeat such a big event, uh, but uh, at least it's going to be bigger than anything you've been through before. Yep, and we are definitely looking forward to it. Um, definitely, uh, like Steve said, and I'll reiterate, just want to say thank you again for taking the time to talk with us today and uh, and definitely um, down the road as we start to get closer and closer, um, you know, we would love to reach out, stay in contact and have some additional okay. conversations this, with you. We are so excited about uh, reaching the American community as we expect them to be part of our, of our event. And we really think uh, that's going to be a an American bid for the next World Cup. I'm pretty sure so. there will be, yes. And we we <laughs> did expect it to have it uh, this year, and we thought it, it was going to be very hard to beat it. So next World Cup, in case you are North American or a Canadian coach and you have some experience and you have some friends that, that want to help you, just present your bid. Uh, try it. Because people in Europe, and especially here in Spain, are so excited to travel to USA to play a tourney. We know there's uh, so many different zones and so many different things you can offer from New York to, to California to Vegas. There's a lot of different uh, places we would love to travel and play there. So we expect there's going to be a, a bid from USA for the next World Cup. I, I hope so. I think that would be a really, a really big step for the Blood Bowl community here. So I, I agree with you there. I mean, maybe, you know, after you, know, you and your spouse and everyone is done, you could, you know, give give some pointers to the bids that would be coming out of the U.S. after that. Sure. Uh, we are here to help. 
we are here to 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 advise or to answer any question you may have. Uh, so in case you are an American coach, uh, you have some friends, just tell us, uh, hey, what do you think if I present it? Uh, what would you say about um, we have uh, been through some trouble organizing it but because it's big and it's a lot of people and we are so glad to help anyone that wants to present their bid for the next World Cup. Awesome. Well, I don't, I don't know if there's a better way to, to end a show than on that. So definitely, um, we appreciate you taking the time again, and um, we'll let you get back to your your day, your night. <laughs> thank you so much, and thank you for your for your help, for your support, and for your attention. And uh, this work, we are ready to chat again once you, we publish our web or anytime you want. Awesome. That is wonderful to hear. And we look forward to meeting in person. This is going to be a sure. great, great sure. World Cup. I hope so. Thank you for listening to World Cup Report Alicante, a joint podcast between 3 Die Block and Both Down. For more information, check out World Cup Report Blood Bowl on Facebook, WC Report BB on Twitter, or email us at worldcupreportbb at gmail.com.